After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Today is February 8, 2006. This is Evan's Journal coming to you live from Honolulu, Hawaii. Looks like we're doing this journal weekly now. I know that before it was two, sometimes three times a week, and then, I don't know, more recently it's maybe once every other week. It, I don't know. There's just no excuse, really. But it's kind of weird because I write these show notes and highlights, I guess, of what happens within the week or the previous week or so on. I, I put into this Excel spreadsheet but then if I get to it later, uh, sometimes I kind of forget. The first thing on the list tonight is funeral and thoughts of life. I went to kind of a a weird funeral the uh, other week. Actually, it was last week. And I guess it's the funerals where the people are pretty old when they pass away. But it was almost like a party. It was kind of odd. I, I got in there. Nobody was inside because I guess they had cremated the body. And everybody was outside talking like it was a family party of some sort. So it was quite a bit different. Um, yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I've been going to a lot of funerals lately. There was one year, I believe it was '04, where I went to basically almost a funeral a month. And it, it kind of gives you a really good chance to reflect. I don't know if when you go to the funerals, you're paying attention to all of the uh, speakers all the time, but... I, I tend to zone in and out, and then they say something, and then it kind of, it kind of remember, reminds me of something else, and then I start thinking about other things. But one thing about the funeral is it always makes me think about what is going to be on my own uh, epilogue. You know, what's going to be on my gravestone? What what is my life really going to be about after I die? And what if I died next week? That's always something that you know I've been I think about these days. So I kind of came up with it, and I thought that my epilogue, or whatever you want to call it, would be Evan Leong lived up to his fullest potential, and in doing so, benefited his family and this community. And that's it. I think if that if that's what my epilogue can say, and it's true, then I'm happy with that. Because what really is your your fullest potential. You know, how good can you really be? Do you really know how good you can be? Because there's often times where you'll pull things off, but you didn't think you could do it before. And then all of a sudden you can do it. So then it becomes, you know, normal. But how much better can you really be? And that's something that I, I constantly toss with in my mind. Anyways, um, Annie Kluger. He came on our show. Andy Kluger came about because uh, his PR agent is a good friend of mine. And uh, we were talking about him. And he's the owner of Hawaii Air, Air Ambulance and a number of other businesses. And he seemed like a perfect fit. So I said, you know what? Why don't you just come on? We'll, we'll do it. And let's see how it goes. And the interview went really well. When people own a lar- you know, five or more companies... And you know they've taken companies public themselves. They they're pretty well spoken. Andy Andy was no exception. The interesting thing about this whole thing is that 
just kind of what we're doing enhances itself. And what I mean by that is we interview these uh, high-powered, high-profile, extremely intelligent business people. And once they like what we're doing, they get a general understanding. A lot of times they give us advice. So I was talking to Andy after the interview about trying to put together the television portion of this show and how we would do it and where we would expand to and and so on. And he had produced a show on NBC a while back and he'd given me some advice. And his advice was something that just totally threw me off. I had not even thought about it. He said, you know, if you can get onto television, maybe you can go as the... um, as the portion of of TV that is uh, has to be a community based show, he said. But really, what you just need is is a video because you should go east and look at Star Network, which is uh, Rupert Murdoch's television network in China, I believe. And he said, go that way because you're looking at millions and millions of people that are absolutely hungry for this type of information on how are people making it business wise in the United States and there's a huge market for that so the focus now is how do we actually make that happen how, how do we make this come to life you know we're five months into this our metrics are looking good January we did about half of what we did the previous four months so growth is going well we have you know the mobile site we have the regular site we got transcripts finally starting to go up. We're at roughly 75 interviews either done or scheduled. Uh, trying to plan for this um, television thing. Trying to plan for other things. And things are, are moving quickly. But to be able to go international on something like Star Network would just be unbelievable. So that's where the public service broadcasting came in. I think that the show is more slated toward a... PBS type format as opposed to OC16 even though both are kind of in in the mix right now of where we may have opportunities the hard part is is that producing television is expensive I mean I can't figure out how to keep the episode under two grand and I'm let me disclaim that and still keep it looking professional like television because we would have to shoot maybe multiple shoots, maybe a lot of B-roll, um, there'd have to be graphics and so on. Quotes that I were get, was getting back were, you know, four grand, 8000 per episode, half an hour show. It's like, man, I, I, that's, that's jacked. That's expensive. I don't, I'm, I don't know. We'll, we'll figure this out. And once we get it figured out, then I will keep you guys posted. I had a meeting on... Monday with Clint Arnoldis and Blen Fujimoto over at Central Pacific Bank. I like to meet with them every other month or so to give them an update on what's going on and what we've been up to and what uh, we have for the future. So I talked to them about the metrics. I talked to them about um, you know where we're at. A couple of interesting points. I looked at the web stats and we have people coming in from 38 different countries. So if people are coming in from 38 different countries, that means a focus on going east might make a lot of sense. Another thing that I noticed was most of the people coming online and the growth going online are people under 40 years old, probably 35 and, uh, to 25 years old or so, because that age group really 
doesn't want to pick up a, a print paper. Or they don't subscribe to it. It's much easier to get it on your mobile device or your computer. It, you know, we, we want things now and fast. So that that's another thing I noticed. And then I noticed for the radio, although uh, you know the the range of people listening to this show on the radio is quite wide, it's highly segmented at people over 40 and well over 40 typically. That is the uh, demographic on the radio. And then print, um, it's interesting because some people have seen the print but they didn't know it was us. And, you know, I guess print can go back and forth, but I would think print is primarily more of the 40 and up crowd. So we went over a number of these things. I was talking about uh, dealing with mobile devices, trying to get the content onto mobile devices properly in in an easy and... um, and streamlined way of of doing it, adding on the television, adding on events, adding on a news component, adding on new partners, syndicating via the um, audio player, and I think the the meeting went well. We gotta we're gonna need their support in order to continually grow. So it's it's been looking pretty good. The funny thing is, on the way out of um, Clint's office, is we were walking out. And I shook his hand. He goes, "You know what, Evan." You're really smart. And in my graciousness, I said, Oh, um, well, thanks. Uh, yeah, you, you're smart too. And <laughs> I, I just didn't know what else to say, man. It's like, you're you're good looking. It's like, uh, uh, thanks. Uh, you're good looking too. You know, it, it's just kind of a weird, awkward thing. But I take it as a compliment. I had a Chinatown uh, meeting the day after that, which was, I believe, yesterday. And we're going over the recap. Looks like the um, some of the events were up thirty percent. And when you take a look at attendance at let's say forty thousand people or so, thirty percent, twelve thousand extra people. That's a lot of people. So one thing that we're talking about for this year is month in Chinatown. That I think would be really cool. Where you'd have four or five consecutive weekends of events going on in Chinatown, in different areas and and different uh, ways. Uh, different things would be really kind of cool. So the way it would be is the first weekend, we haven't really figured that one out yet, but the second weekend would be the uh, first Fridays that the Arts and Culture District always has anyways, but it would be Chinese-themed arts and and uh, and so on. And then the following weekend would be the United Chinese Coalition at the Chinese Cultural Plaza Friday and Saturday. They would have, you know, lion dance, cultural events, singing, entertainment, food booths and all that. And then culminating on the final weekend with the Chinese merchants and the United Chinese uh, uh United Ch- what well, actually Chinese Chamber of Commerce, which would go Friday night with that huge lion dance ceremony that goes through all the different streets and then Saturday with a massive parade. And the parade, you know, will have the arts and culture side will uh, participate in that and a lot more people will participate in that as well as the um, arts and culture side will have um, various parties and things going on over there and and then finish up with these food booths and street exhibits and street fair uh, stuff going on so I mean it would be huge these these events are so packed but it's, it would be uh, a really fun month and that's what we're trying to plan on for next year the business aspect of it which would be the buttons and ribbons, I, I don't see why we couldn't sell at least thirty or 40,000 of them uh, if it was distributed correctly, meaning through other nonprofit organizations or fundraising groups the same way that the Loha Festivals does it. You know, easy way to think about this. There's 
I don't know, 20 or 30 line dance clubs, if each of them bought 200 buttons to sell so they, they could fundraise themselves, you know, if you have 20 groups at 200, what is that, 4,000 buttons already? I mean, that's, that's just for the line club groups, not including uh, other groups. So there really is a good potential for this one. Also, if we can add on a themed tel- uh, T-shirt, maybe a hat, we're going to have a hotline so that uh, people can get information directly from from a live person. It's starting to get really, really slick, this project, so we'll see. It's all, never without problems. The meeting went really, really smooth, and I guess we'll see because there's always something that comes up, but you know, we'll figure out how to get, get through that. This week's interviews recorded were Walter Dodds on Monday, Kevin Sipneski on Tuesday, and James Yamada Jr., which was today. So some of the interesting points on that. Walter Dodds brought up a really interesting point. He talked about his involvement with the community and how at First Hawaiian Bank they have two tracks that they judge people on. The first track is your career track, your business track. The second track is your community track. And you have to do both in order to get the up to the upper level executive positions. There is room for one, no problem, but... In order to get to the highest levels, you have to do both. And I thought that was a really interesting point. Kevin Sipneski talked quite a bit about uh, his company and then how they are in various states, the startup period, leaving his job. He went from a, you know, a regular, steady, stable job to taking his savings and dumping it into his company. And that company is called Assist Guide, which deals in long-term care and, and so on. I thought that was pretty interesting too. And then today's one, which was quite a bit different from the normal show that we do, uh, Jimmy Yamada has a company called A1 Electricians. And the way that I found him is his banker at Central Pacific Bank had mentioned him to us. And I, I said, you know, A1 Electricians, what is that? There's like two electrical engineers or something or, or what? And she said, no. company did $40 million last year. You have 150 employees, and he probably gave away close to a million dollars to charity. I said, oh, let's bring him on. And the interesting thing with with, uh, Jimmy Yamada is his community interaction, his um, community uh, philanthropy is for purely religious-based organizations. So the guy is a very strong, I guess you'd call it a Christian, and that kind of permeates through his business and, and his endeavors. He gives a different message, so... You know, I think it's it's definitely worth a chance listening to it because it's a very different perspective, but very, very interesting, I think. And tonight we released the um, uh, audio for Wally Amos from Chipping Cookie. That one's a good one, too. And also on Saturday, I believe, what, what do we have? Saturday's show is... Ken Wei Chong and John Dean. John Dean was the uh, former CEO of Silicon Valley Bank, and Ken Wei Chong owns is part owner in ENO Trading Company, which is a local restaurant, a high-end uh, Southeast Asian kind of Asian fusion type restaurant. So, don't miss those. That's coming up this weekend, and I will keep you folks posted. Pacific Century Fellows is all day on Friday, so tomorrow I'm going to see if I can get me some exercise. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye.